where we are is fleet operators, fleet managers have really focused on perhaps the cost of running a fleet. So how do I think about my lowest total cost of ownership? I mean, there's a flip side to having a large fleet that generates a large amount of data, of course, and that would be that their sort of operations, fleet operations are typically extremely more complex than small fleets. So they have some other challenges and struggling with that. As each independent EV comes to market with their own unique solution, there's no common aggregate solution out there that really can merge this together. So we're seeing, you know, independent kind of strikes of EV manufacturers uh, bringing their own solution to market, which is great for a managed fleet within that one AV, but doesn't scale across multiple manufacturers. Hello and welcome to this episode of Shine, a podcast by Star, where we are going to be illuminating the topic of the trends facing the fleet management world. And to do this, we are joined by Jonathan Ballon, the Chief Strategy and Digital Officer at Electric Last Mile Solutions, Sebastian Desand, Commercial Director at CloudMade, and our very own Ryan Goff. Technology Director, Automotive and Mobility at Star. And the big idea behind this episode is how these emergent data collection technologies are enabling fleets to become less of a cost center for an organization and more of a value driver, both for the participants in the network of the fleet, the owners of the fleet and the world as a whole. So we're going to be jumping into that in a second. But before we do, if you'd like to understand more about the demands and technology trends shaping this fast growing field, Stars Automotive and Mobility team conducted an analysis of 42 different fleet technology solution providers. And in this analysis, you'll find the thin fifth of the common features and emerging capabilities accompanied by real world examples and expert insights. To get that report completely free, just send an email to automotive at star.global. That's automotive at star.global. And now let's jump into the discussion. And the first voice you'll hear will be that of Jonathan. Thanks for having me on the show. I am relatively new to this whole automotive and fleet management industry. Um, spent most of my career in Silicon Valley in both hardware and software tech companies and have been really participating in a lot of inflection points in terms of how new technology can really be a disruptor to traditional ways of doing business and industries. And it feels like there's a lot going on right now that can really have a dramatic impact on companies running large fleets. And Ryan. Thanks, Tom. Hi, yeah, I'm Ryan Goff. I am the Technology Director of Automotive and Mobility at Star Global. My entire career has uh, been within the context of automotive infotainment and connectivity. For about 20 years or so, I've focused on a variety of roles through Tier 1, a content provider, and OEM, as well as a variety of consulting services. So you know, with Star, oversee a team of skilled associates that uh, really focus on how we bring solutions to market for those who are looking for solutions for platforms, applications, and HMI solutions, user-centric software space. And Sebastian. Thanks, Tom. I'm Sebastian Desan. I'm the commercial director at CloudMate. 
Altmade is a UK-based startup uh, within the AI and automotive space. We are launching a new service called uh, Fleet and Mobility Predictions as a Service. And that's uh, part of my job overseeing that. Previously, I was the CEO and co-founder of a, a SaaS company startup uh, based in Sweden. Yeah, that's about it. All right. Awesome. And I want to start off as we do in all of these episodes of Shine by coming in a little bit high level. There may be people listening that don't have an intimate knowledge of the world of fleet management. And so my question to the floor, and it might sound super obvious for you guys, but what do we actually mean when we say fleet management? And it'll be great to have like real world examples of how like managing a fleet has created like value. So just to like set the scene. So Really, uh, what we're seeing, it's really quite broad um, within the scope of fleet management. Any information that we can gather from the connected vehicle, uh, vehicle data, use of telemetry to basically improve safety or tracking and monitoring, compliance and security and logistics, you know, you name it, uh, all of those kind of come together and serve some roles uh, as opposed when it comes to fleet managed solutions. Yeah, I would sort of uh, add to that, that I think the fleet management traditionally has been about just managing the, the vehicles in your organization in, an, in a way, in an order, so that the operations can function as, as good as possible, both in relation to cost management, uh, the financial impact, uh, customer satisfaction, uh, operational efficiency, and recent years, uh, more focus has been on climate impact, of course, and that it has been evolving together with the uh, development of new technology. I would say it began really with GPS and telematics and and has evolved from that. So couldn't agree more with uh, what's been said. I think where we are is fleet operators, fleet managers have really focused on perhaps the cost of running a fleet. So how do I uh, think about my lowest total cost of ownership. And, you know, I have these capital assets that, you know, I need to get utilization out of, I need to keep my costs uh, to operate those as low as possible. I think that's obviously historically been the approach. And I think now with the advent of connectivity and data and software, like the idea and concept of fleet management is really ripe and open to expand. And there's lots of areas where that can go, uh, not just in in terms of the fleet itself and trying to get to a a kind of an idea of zero unplanned downtime so that you're focusing on the, the utilization of that fleet and keeping it as high as possible with no surprises. But then how do you extend that into the operation of the fleet, whether it be, you know, package and asset tracking for delivery companies or route optimization, all of these things now play a role and it extends into the actual, you know, the driver. How do we make sure that that driver is having a great experience and is as efficient as possible in doing their job where the fleet becomes part of their toolbox? And that would also extend to driver safety, right? So you can think about, you know, just pulling the thread on this idea of, of fleet management, where it's going from perhaps a traditional capital asset that is perhaps seen as a cost center to maybe more of one that is aligned to the growth and revenue drivers of a customer's business. I think that's an interesting idea to explore. And I think the technology exists 
to very frictionlessly uh, make that happen. So you would agree with the statement that not all fleets are created equal? Sure. I mean, some of the customers that we work with at Electric Last Mile Solutions don't even know where their vehicles are. Just so basic levels of connectivity and starting there so that they can even understand, you know, where are these vehicles? How are they performing in their natural environment? How is the driver operating them? Uh, are they braking hard? Are they turning hard? There's just a, for a lot of customers, you're starting with a, the basics, right? Then on the other end of the spectrum, you have the more sophisticated who are well beyond connectivity and telematics, and even to a large degree, route optimization, package tracking, fleet management. And for them, it's about, you know, how do we get to a level of, dare I say, you know, intelligence, where I think there's really two opportunities. One is real-time data flow. And the second is taking that real-time data and applying some advanced analytic capabilities that are available now through machine learning, computer vision, and other things, so that you know these vehicles become essentially a node in the network that's highly sensing and inferring the environment around it. And you know the amount of data and the value that that creates is just awesome. So huge spectrum. You know, it's William Gibson's classic, the future's here, it's just not evenly distributed. I would like to, to comment on the, the last piece that you mentioned. I fully agree with you there, Jonathan, on the data that's being created and the value that, that creates along that. I mean, there are some companies that actually, you know, some car sharing companies that we've talked to that actually consider themselves being more of a data company and try to figure out how to monetize that data uh, impacting both PL and the balance sheet in a positive way. That's an interesting aspect. Yeah, here's a core theme I think of this episode is how technology is enabling these things that used to be cost centers to potentially add more value to the company. Now, there are a number of, I'm calling them horizons, but things that are like impacting the ability of these fleets to progress and become more valuable. So I'd love to dig into them. I, I believe we have them being connected to each other and to the central part, them being smart, PG understanding that data, and then also them being intelligent, which you just touched upon, Jonathan. So can we just like share a little bit more about how those three things are helping these fleets evolve to become more valuable? Yeah, I'll just get a, take a first quick shot at it. I mean, to me, like being connected is about how do you take data that's being generated by the vehicle and bring it into a central place so that it can be aggregated with other data from other vehicles. You can bring in third-party data and fuse that to get even a higher order of uh, insight. And then that's kind of like the basically where the vehicle itself is nothing more than a collection of sensors that's just generating data and it's getting sucked out. That second phase that you talked about where you know the fleet is smart, I would say you know that's where you can start taking that data and then uh, those insights and giving the fleet the ability to think, right? Smart means you can think. So how do we take that information and apply it to the application and use of the fleet? Where things get really interesting, and I think this is where, where we're really on the threshold, is going from smart to intelligent, where the difference is if it's smart, it can think. If it's intelligent, it can learn. 
And that's where we, when we start looking at what are the data types that need to reside on the vehicle that can operate in real time and take advantage of this recursive loop of inference and training so that the more data that you have, the better trained your algorithms become and your systems, including some operational systems of the fleet itself, become intelligent. They have the ability to learn from their experience. That level of dynamic operation, dynamic capability, I think is going to unlock enormous amounts of productivity for these fleet operators and the impact that it will have on everything from the customer experience, whether you're getting cable installed in your house and you no longer have to wait for a four-hour window for that person to show up, but they can narrow it down to a very specific time frame, or you're getting a package uh, delivered and you have full track and trace back across that value chain, all the way to the impact on the environment. And you know, more efficiently uh, being able to operate these fleets in cities and other environments and reduce pollution, reduce traffic. And just, I mean, it's, it's awesome when you think about the impact that this can have. I agree. I think it's the progress is exponential, you know, in nature over time. You know, I think part of that is the catch up game, right? Because the technology is really leading, but we have to, to get a workforce in place that can build these solutions. And that's one of the one of the areas that we're really focused with at STAR is to provide these strategy design and, and engineering services that will fill in that gap and, and really kind of uh, help address the, the need to expand in, this, in these areas. You know, I think beyond that, you know, beyond the, the actual need for implementation, I think it's also what I'm seeing from our perspective is that there is a lack of standardization across the different solutions, the different auto manufacturers and what they provide with their vehicles, access to vehicle data, and what does that mean for the the end experience, right? And aware that there are some companies that are working to pool that information together to make you know more a cohesive solution, and then that can tie into a more broadly focused fleet platform. But I think for the time being, you know, we're we're still seeing a, a very dispersed uh, set of capabilities, especially when it comes to the introduction of EVs. Not having a common standard there as well, I think we're seeing that being one of those kind of uphill challenges that is definitely able to be accomplished, but that's going to take some time. It's a really interesting point when you talk about standardization. And I would say related to that is also, to a large degree, democratization of access to data, access to the types of applications that you know companies like Star you know, build, because it's you're going to create this potentially you know, this era of the haves and the have-nots, you know, the largest fleets with the deepest pockets will be able to have access to more data and therefore have better trained algorithms. And they will be able to operate their fleets much more efficiently than smaller companies that don't have that access or those deep pockets. And that can create, you know, potentially an existential threat to companies that are trying to, you know, compete in this world. And, the, you know, if they don't have the scale economics, it could be challenging, which I guess to what I would read into that is there's a burning platform to get serious about this stuff and to start learning about it and engaging so that 
you know, you don't get left behind. I mean, there's a flip side to having a large fleet that generates a lot large amount of data, of course. And the that would be that their sort of operations, fleet operations are typically extremely more complex than small fleets. So they have some other challenges and struggling with that. And then entering EV, which is a, a wonderful and beautiful opportunity to have a more positive impact on the environment, but also makes it even more complex. Which vehicles, you know, should we convert to EV first? And, and how does that affect our job allocation and routing uh, the scheduling and everything like that? So, so definitely the large fleet on uh, long term does have, like you're saying, Jonathan, a, a advantage of a small fleet because they can generate that data. But at the same time, that's where I think that where CloudMade sees itself as something that we could sort of facilitate and enable smaller players as well to get access to well-trained algorithms, inference engines, intelligence to sort of plug into to their fleet uh, management system. Yeah, there was a lot in, in in what you just said, and I one of the things I, I maybe I want to pick up on if there's interest in this in this group talking about it is this idea of the the electrification of the fleet and what, when, where, wow, how, why. This is an area that I've been focused on, you know, pretty intently for the last eight months or so. So I wouldn't dare to claim to be an expert, but you know, working with energy infrastructure providers, whether they be charging or battery swapping, understanding kind of the maturity of the electric vehicle market in the commercial area. And then of course, you know, all of the government incentives and programs and eventually penalties for those that don't comply. I mean, there's, it's like a perfect storm of things that are going on in terms of the catalysts that are accelerating this this journey, this adoption. And it's just, yeah, I'd love to see if the panel has some interest or perspectives there that we can bat around. Well, at least what I think I've, I've kind of been seeing is going a little bit back to the standardization aspect, the EVs, they don't all have the same standards as, in place as, as what we see with the uh, combustion engine vehicles, where there's a, a DLC that's under the dash that provides common access to, you know, all of the combustible, you know, fuel data that are evaluated for the efficiency standards of the government. That's not in place for these EVs for a lot of them. So there's no consistent standard to get access to this data. There's no connector built into the to that system. So it's it comes to be a, a custom solution, it seems, for each individual EV manufacturer as they kind of build their own data access platform, right? So for scalability for companies like car rental agencies who are looking to transform their their fleet of vehicles um, and the efficiency of the the old process of getting applications and services on their platform to make it efficient to return vehicles or process vehicles, reset the vehicles. That's a very unique issue that we're or that I've experienced in the past, and uh, that's definitely something that we're working towards. But I don't anticipate that there's going to be a, a lot of traction to that until there's maybe more of an intermediate authority kind of in place to help set a common standard across those different vehicles and the, the need for a common solution of, of data access. I want to dig now more into this point I've heard a couple of times so far about data standardization and how, how much of these fleets can be improved if 
fleet owners can get standard data from all of their vehicles. I understand there's a challenge, but how do we think this is best going to be overcome in the coming years? What I've seen uh, with the combustion engines that there's a there are efficiency standards in place, and those are basically you know checked by you know government agencies here at least in North America. But there is no common standard for you know data access to EV vehicle data, which is a common gateway to some of the other telemetry that I think is useful on a connected vehicle platform. But as each independent EV comes to to market with their own unique solution, there's no common aggregate solution out there that really can merge this together. So we're seeing you know independent kind of strikes of EV manufacturers uh, bringing their own solution to market, which is great for a managed fleet within that one AV, but it doesn't scale across multiple manufacturers. So there's definitely a more potential for disruption. And I'm aware that there are some you know data providers out there that are working with the different major auto manufacturers to pool data together into a com- more common data lake where that can then be more deeply analyzed and, and shared for insights. But there's still a long road ahead in uh, the sensitivity around access to this information. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that, the data that is being uh, managed this way and, and gathered from OEMs are lacking some crucial data, which is important to feed the algorithms, which is locations, GPS, what the route, route was, and some which brings to the privacy aspect of that. But understanding uh, which individuals are doing what and which drivers are doing what and which fleets are doing what and what, why are they doing that and where are they going, and etc. So just even though I think that the data from the OEMs, the auto manufacturers are, are, are getting more you know, improved and standardized and, and gathered with third-party players in the industry, there's, this data is not always accessible to be able to enhance the intelligence of, of the fleet. So many times the, the fleet owner or the fleet management software provider needs to you know, generate their own data by using apps that collects the data that is not collected by the, uh, by the vehicle or the OEMs. So I, I think that a lot of the times and a lot of fleets, they, what they need to do either you know, in collaboration with their FMS provider or, or themselves is to make sure that they gather this data and the data is of good quality. Because what, a lot of the times what we see is that when we analyze the data, there's a lot of problems with the signals, a lot of noise. So that while on paper the data could be used, then in reality, it's, we're not able to use it in a good way. So that's the first step of actually managing your data and knowing that you're handling it in the right way and, and that you have a good quality of data and sort of manage your own data, be the master of your, your data. That's even a challenge inside of some of you know auto manufacturing capabilities is that even across vehicle models, it's not even consistently implemented, right? So there's even a challenge of standardization within the bigger uh, companies that you know is always you know a challenge to to face as it comes to data quality. And just to be clear, we're talking about advancing the three horizons of fleet management, which is connections, being smart, and then intelligent. What we talk about here is going to accelerate all three of those horizons. And that is also going to help the fleets become more profitable, potentially add more value to their owners. I want to dig into that in a second. But before, we have to uh, approach a topic that comes up surprisingly often in each episode of Shine, which is data and privacy concerns. So what are the kind of upcoming regulatory and data privacy concerns for fleet managers? I think with GDPR and 
you know, some of the, the continued growing privacy legislation that has come out, it does pose some additional challenges to how terms of use and usability are provided to say the drivers of these fleet vehicles. So for instance, you know, you may have a vehicle that is not just for business use, but all mixed use, right? They use the same vehicle for business needs, logistics or, or whatnot, but also for, you know, their own personal after hours use. And so I'm aware that that poses some additional challenges in the fact that does this user have to accept two different terms of use or do they have different policies in place? How are those policies enforced when it comes to the recording of this data or the offboarding of this data? And what are the rights of, of who owns this data You know, at the end of the day, who owns the vehicle or the driver themselves? So there are many kind of aspects to this that I think, you know, in some ways are still getting ironed out, in, at least in some parts of the industry, as it applies to these newer regulations. I think that if you as a fleet owner, if you have very clear and transparent purpose of the use of the data, and it's voluntary from the driver perspective, uh, let's say that it actually you actually can bring some value for the driver, not only for the fleet manager or the fleet itself. Let's say that you provide some driver coaching uh, based on the driver behavior and you add some gamification you add some perks if they uh they have a, a good driver behavior from the perspective of safety and and, and fuel consumption and uh, climate impact so and they can choose to opt out from that then the concerns become less evident as long as you are sort of compliant with the GDPR rules and, and you have that information and the driver is able to remove that data. So you need to, to handle those aspects. And I don't know exactly what the US rules look like. And I, I am pretty sure that they are not as where the GDPR rules are, but they, even US-based fleets will be affected in some way or another. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think at least uh, in the US, that seems more of a state-by-state -state sort of uh, activity versus a, a, a all-encompassing thing. So it makes it even more scattered, I think, as far as an approach, but there's definitely need for common solutions in these different areas. Cool. And now I think it will be great to understand, like, let's say three years time, fleets are significantly more connected, smart, and intelligent. What benefit is that going to have to first the owner of those fleets and the, I guess, the user, the participants in those networks, but then also the world as a whole, like, how is that going to make the world a better place? So let's start with Jonathan. Okay, thanks. I always think about, you know, these types of market inflection points, and you look back over history at the companies that have been successful in really creating a new category or transforming adoption or behavior in some way. Typically, it's when they focus on end customer pain points that have dramatic opportunity to be changed. So this is not like incremental change. This is like a 10x gain. So think about just in tech, you think about Amazon, right? And how they saved people time through prime delivery, right? Or you think about... Microsoft and their productivity suite. You think about Apple and you know the integrated platform and ecosystem that they've built. In the auto industry, you know, the two that come to mind would be Tesla and Mobileye, right? Both of them broke through 
defied gravity and were able to deliver a 10x improvement on what people's experience had been prior. And I think there's a couple of tenets associated with that. One of them is focusing on the pain points, right? And we can talk about what those are in fleet. There's lots of them. It's low-hanging fruit. But from a technology point of view, I think all of those companies focused on tightly coupled hardware and software integration and platforms. And I guess, lastly, it's really an understanding of the role of data, right? And how do you get access uh, to the data and turn it into value in such a way that you give your customers a competitive advantage, right? And I think that drives kind of a reinforcement of and flywheel of this whole experience and drives customer preference. And so for me, like in the fleet space, I think a lot of people in in fleet management have just, perhaps they're a bit complacent because things have been this way for a really long time. And they're like, why does it need to change? But if you can show that, you know, you can have a meaningful impact on maintenance costs by using analytics and data to do preventative maintenance. You can have a meaningful impact on driver safety and therefore insurance costs. You can have a meaningful impact on fleet utilization, right? And having zero unplanned downtime and have the vehicle and its energy needs operating in real time, right? For route optimization, that you can actually have the vehicle be part of this asset tracking package management uh, capability. We could go on and I'm sure we will, but that to me is why this, it's an industry that is just ripe for an aggressive adoption of, of technology that perhaps it hasn't had in a transformational way. So here we are. So Sebastian and Ryan, any other ways that uh, as we increase the connectedness, smartness, and intelligence of the vehicles that will, how will these improve the, the lives of the network participants, the fleet owners, and also the world? First of all, I think that one of the most common goals right now among the fleet owners in order to reduce CO2 emissions and be more reduced climate impact is to is electrification of the fleet, right? There's two aspects of that. First aspect is that if you do it intelligently, you will get maximum impact of that. There's a big difference of uh, converting 50% of the fleet versus the other 50% of the fleet if it's the right one. And the other aspect, and also sort of bringing in different kind of use cases to maximize the use of those electrified vehicles, such as charging strategies, uh, routing optimization. And the other aspect of that is there's a risk, I think, that fleet managers are sort of just looking uh, narrowly at the uh, the uh, that goal, sort of, of how many vehicles are EVs in the fleet instead of, I mean, you always, the best the mile on the road that, that gives the least impact on the environment is the one that is never driven, right? So there's a lot of other ways to reduce the impact on the environment than only electrification. So you need to have that holistic view and just bring it back to what Jonathan said about making the fleet intelligent or at least managing it in an intelligent way. So that will take the fleet managers and the fleet owners a, a long way and improve the the world and the the climate. Yeah, I think both Jonathan and Sebastian really hit it on the head. And, you know, I don't think I can embellish it 
anymore than what they've shared. It's, I think, really at the end of the day, it's increased operational efficiency, results in lower costs to the end consumer and, and more satisfaction overall for both fleet managers and drivers. You have a great straight to the point summary, Ryan. I want to thank you for that. I want to thank Sebastian for that little gem. The the least impactful mile on the environment is the one that isn't driven. And then Jonathan's points about how the future is here is just unevenly distributed, especially in the world of fleet management, and that not all fleets are created equal. Thank you so much for coming on and helping us illuminate the topic of fleet management. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Shine, a podcast by Star. So remember, the big question is, how are fleets going to transition from this cost center to this value driver, both for the owners, participants, and the world as a whole? And I think the key answer there was that there are these three trends that we're starting to see in that fleets are becoming more connected, they're becoming smarter, and they're becoming more intelligent. And as this happens, the, the value that's being driven for the owner of the fleets and also for the world as a whole is exploding. We touched on just a few in the discussion. So fleet utilization is going up, which is obviously going to be reducing costs for the owners. We have preventative maintenance. We have driver safety, which is going to be driving a reduction in insurance costs. And as Sebastian said right at the end, the least impactful mile on the environment is the mile that hasn't been driven and i'd like to leave you with that i want to thank you so much to our experts for jumping on that's ryan that's jonathan and that's sebastian and i'd like to thank you for listening